other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Simply the best. This is a birthday bumper music selection from my uh, sister-in-law, Sharon. She is the best of all my siblings-in-law, with apologies to the other, however many I have, ten. But um, I am very excited to talk with George Haas. He is the founder of the Sidonia Institute. We're going to tell you what the Sidonia Institute is in just a moment. I caught George on an episode of Unexplained with William Shatner, and I immediately became fascinated with not only his work and the work of the Sidonia Institute, and the more I dove in to the work that he's been doing and the work that uh, his institute has been doing, the more I became determined to try and get him on the radio, and I'm just thrilled that he's agreed to stay up late with us today. Uh, George, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, Frank. Thanks for having me on. So, George, explain to folks what the Sidonia Institute is. Um, The Sidonia Institute is a group of independent researchers uh, that was founded back in 1991. Um, It includes um, an image analyst by the name of uh, James Miller, uh, two geologists, uh, William uh, Saunders, and uh, our good friend Michael Dale, who um, was uh, living in Oklahoma, and unfortunately during the, the COVID period, he had passed away. So uh, we hmm. were very sad to lose uh, one of our great members of our group. It's a small group, but it's a, a, a group that's very dedicated to uh, reviewing NASA and uh, European Space Agency images and just looking at all of these images and seeing what's on the surface. And explain to folks why it's called the Sidonia Institute. Well, the Sidoni area on Mars is where the famous uh, face on Mars is located. And when we originally started doing this research, it was basically focused on uh, the face on Mars and the Sidoni area. Now, I love that face on Mars. It's a very popular poster in a lot of college dorms. Looks a little bit like Elvis, which always fascinated me. But um, for people that aren't up on this, and I imagine many are, but maybe refresh everybody's recollection of where that image came from of this, this thing that looks like a face on the surface of Mars. Well, this all started back in uh, 1976. Uh, that was the year I graduated. That was the bicentennial year. I graduated high school. I originally uh, was from New Jersey, a little town in New Jersey called Lakewood. Hmm. And uh, so anyway, it, back in 1976, they had the two Viking landers that went on to Mars, and they were you know, looking for water and taking photographs. And one of the uh, interesting images that the Viking uh, orbiter had taken was of this odd facial feature that was in the the middle of this uh, plane in Sidonia. And uh, the other interesting thing, it was surrounded by all these other weird structures, uh, pyramidal formations, uh, one five-sided pyramid that was right next to it. And NASA actually released the image 
during a press conference, uh, Dr. Soffen, who was the uh, the science um, portion of the of the mission, uh, said they found this odd facial feature on Mars. And uh, a couple of days later, they had another press conference, and they said, "Oh no, we took another picture of this, and it kind of disappeared. It was just a trick of light and shadow." However, they never showed that second picture. So it sounds like you're somewhat skeptical that the that the debunking of this face photo was was on the level. Uh, give me your 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 take on both the initial photo and what NASA said. And they they supposedly released other photos in 1998 and 2001, which purported to depict the same area. Is that right? Correct. Uh, the original image was was taken, like I said, with a you know low resolution type camera from the old Viking mission. And uh, the second picture that they had said they had taken was actually taken um, a month or so later. And um, it actually showed more of the facial features. It actually confirmed uh, what the first picture showed. Now, we were left with those two pictures for like over 20 years Mm -hmm. because the image wasn't taken again until, like you said, 1998 with the Mars Global uh, Surveyor camera took some uh took the only new picture of that and the interesting thing about that was um see when people like you had said that the you had mentioned earlier in these college dorms where they have the pictures of the face on mars that you said it kind of looks like elvis right well when people are told that there's a facial feature on another planet or out in the middle of the desert or something wherever this kind of geoglyphic formation would be as soon as you say human face you know, people think of Elvis Presley or Frank Sinatra. You think of a symmetrical human face, uh, which really is a uh, Western European norm for type of artwork. But what we're seeing with the face on Mars, which makes it more complicated for the average citizen to realize, it, this is a bifurcated face. It has a human uh, face on one side and a feline face on the other. Mm. Um, and by the way, so this, I- this idea of bifurcation with this two-faced kind of mask is is prevalent in Mesoamerica. Uh, American Indians produced two-faced mask. Uh, this idea of you have a human and a feline. Uh, people like Richard Hoagland doing the original research, they said this was kind of like seeing the embodiment of the Sphinx, where you have a human and feline. Now, the face on Mars is a complicated formation to look at because of its bifurcation. Like I said, most people want to see a symmetrical face. Uh, by the way, I just put on my Facebook page, and people can look at it, the photos that NASA released in 1976, 1998, and 2001. It's oh, on uh, Facebook.com slash fan if people want to look along as we're, as we're talking about this. so uh, But the 1998 photo and the 2001 photo... Those photos don't look that much like faces. Well, again, uh, the 2001 face actually captured the feline side remarkably. Ah, I see. I see. Um, now, the thing was, uh, of course, when if you had a mask and you were a curator for a museum and you wanted to document uh, the mask, take a photograph of it, a head-on shot, you'd do a, uh, an image on the left side and you'd do an image that would show the right side. The original face on Mars was mostly taken on the humanoid side. The, NASA has never taken another angle shot of the face like that again. All the newer shots are all taken from the feline side. Now, um, what, uh, what do you think the, the fact that uh, there's uh, looks like a human face on Mars, what do you think that portends for 
um, wh- what does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean that there is life or what was once life on Mars? What do you think? Well, when I had, our group was originally looking at all this stuff, we were, we were as perplexed as probably the audience is. You know, why would someone build a bifurcated two-faced mask on a planet Mars? Then uh, we find out this was a very common type of artwork in Mesoamerica, bifurcated, these composite images, very complex uh, artwork that you find with the Olmec and the Maya and the Aztec. And this is what we were finding on Mars. And not only was the face on Mars showing us some of this Mesoamerican imagery, so was some of the surrounding structures. So it not only was convincing us that these were artificial structures by the face on Mars, but was all of the structures that were around it. Uh, right below the face on Mars is a large five-sided pyramid, which uh, a lot of scientists have looked at. And this is just building the evidence here at Sidonia. The, um, and just so we know, how large of a structure do we believe this face is? Are we talking something that's six feet uh, wide, 70 feet wide, 100 feet? How big do we think it is? Well, the face on Mars from the top of the head to the, um, the chin is about a, it's about a mile and a half. It's huge. Everything on Mars is big. Like the, two, the, the five-sided pyramid is also about the same size. Everything is like almost a mile uh, in, in size. These things are gigantic. Now, you have lower uh, gravity on Mars, so it would be you know, a lot easier to build these large structures, whoever built them, uh, with the lower gravity. So everything on there is very large, and they're built to be seen from above. And the um, so you indicated that you have this structure, which is similar to some imagery out of Mesoamerica, and also some pyramid-type structures. Talk to me about those other structures. Oh, what are we actually seeing in those other structures that surround the face? Well, um, early on, Richard Hoagland was one of the you know the prominent uh, characters that was uh, investigating the face on Mars. Uh, he did a whole, whole analysis of all the surrounding structures, and he found there was a whole geometry. These things were aligned, and they had alignments, and they were all... Uh, he found out that this was basically recording some kind of tetrahedral geometry. So it was very complex, and a lot of scientists were intrigued by all of these alignments. You know, if you have geometry, you have, you know, uh, a hand in a human uh, creativity here. So that's what they were looking at. Do you think, and we're talking with George Haas, he's the founder of the Sidonia Institute. You can check out their website at thesidoniainstitute.com. That's C-Y-D-O-N-I-A. There's some interesting articles and papers on there as well. But do you think this face could be indicative of the fact that people live there presently? Um, We found no evidence that that there's any civilization there on Mars currently. Uh, Everything we're looking at is... uh, ruins. It's stuff that's been there for a very long time. And uh, so that's why we called our institute the Sidonia Institute, because most of the focus on Mars was at the Sidonia area. And when NASA started taking more pictures, I mean, they've been doing this for 30 years with the, uh, you know, the Mars Global Surveyor and the current Mars uh, Reconnaissance Orbiter Camera, which takes very high resolution images. Uh, So during this early research, one of our uh, Sidonia Institute members uh, Will Faust had discovered this parrot formation uh, in the uh, RG Basin area of Mars, which is directly, if you look at a, a flattened out map like we have of, of the Earth, if you look at one of those maps of Mars, uh, the RG Basin is directly below Sidonia. I see. And um, 
the as far as we can tell, has the the Perseverance rover, the rover that's been exploring on Mars, has that traveled in the area where the face and the structures are? And w- what images, if any, have we gotten or information, if any, have we gotten from the rover? Well, the rovers, there's a couple of them up there, and they've taken amazing photographs as they're driving around. They take pictures of all these rocks and uh, they, they actually drive it up to some of these little large boulders, and they'll have a little grinder, and they go on there and try to sniff the rock and see what it's made of. So, But they also take all of these like panoramic views of, of the, the landscape. And I'm sure if the listeners out there have been on any of these Facebook pages. There's a lot of groups that are uh, doing a lot of research on these pictures that the rover's taking. And there seems to be broken machinery and all kinds of stuff all over the place. It looks like a place that blew up. It looks like some of these areas that they drive through, it looks like war zones where there's uh, all kinds of machinery and things that are twisted and broken in the background. And uh, there's a lot of images. I don't do a lot of the research with the rovers. I'm more interested in the aerial photographs. So the fact that uh, someone, in theory, would build these images pyramids, uh, human face structure. There was an image that came out last month of something that looked like a bear's face. Um, The fact that they would build these to be seen from above, do you think that this was some civilization's way of communicating a message to someone that might be visiting Mars? Oh, of course. Well, uh, ancient cultures on Earth did the same thing. Uh, The American Indians, they built all of these uh, pyramidal formations out in the Midwest and in these mounds, these circular mounds, and uh, also pictographs, uh, large birds, deer. So normally where these earlier cultures had a a little city, they would have a pictograph. So I guess the gods would know this is where we are. Here's our bird pictographs and our deer and whatever else they were producing. Uh, Serpents, the Serpent Mound in Ohio is a great example. And these were just uh, aerial acknowledgments or signatures saying, hey, we have, a, we have a town here, we have a city here, we have a settlement. And we're seeing the same thing on Mars. Like the face on Mars says, hey, looky here. This is a face, something you recognize. Then you look around the area and you go, oh, this looks like a, a community. This looks like it was a, a well-planned out city. So that's these, these, these geoglyphs are basically markers for cities. Like the parrot formation, which was found by Will Faust, uh, it's his, this parrot, Frank, has 22 points of anatomical correctness. Wow. This isn't like you're looking in the clouds or you're looking down on the ground and go, oh, that kind of looks like a bird. Isn't that interesting? No, this has detail. Uh, yeah, and people can see a lot of these images of uh, a lot of these unusual structures and uh, on the Sedonia Institute website, the Sedonia uh, com. So what do you think the next step? Um, so let me begin with this. Do you think that NASA has been intentionally deceptive in releasing different angled photos of the face or uh, things of that nature? Do you think NASA is keeping something from the public? And if so, why? Well, originally, when NASA took these uh, earlier pictures of the face on Mars and released it to the public, and then they kind of panicked and said, oh, no, this isn't really a face. And they said, we have the, the face on Mars has no scientific uh, interest to NASA. But they've taken uh, almost 30, 40 pictures of this thing <laughs> over the years. So it, it is on their list, and they t- they've been taking it with all of the orbiters that are up there. There's numerous pictures to look at. 
So, and these images actually verify the bifurcated nature of the face. And the reason NASA is able to get away with telling the public, oh, it's not a face, because it's not a face. It's a bifurcated mask. It's a two, you know, it's a, you have a human and feline mm -hmm. face. So it's not, it's not Frank Sinatra. It's not Elvis Presley. It's something else. And it's very complicated. When we first were looking at the face on Mars, uh, we also were very confused about what is this and why would there be two faces. And once it's duplicated, we're... Some people use the term mirrored, you know, just to give it the, the symmetry so you can actually get a better idea of what the feline side looks like or the human side looks like. We notice that the face on Mars has this tri-leaf symbol on its forehead, like a crest. And that's how we got involved in looking up these iconography-type images and found out there's a direct correlation with the cultures of Mesoamerica that this is kind of like a, a royalty symbol. Do, this, do, this do, you, symbol. So do you think, obviously there's no way to know, but do you think there's a possibility that whatever the progenitor of early life on this planet was, was the same entity or entities that was the, uh, the basis for life on Mars, if it was ever there? Well, the, the whole idea of the, the solar system here that we have and uh, the idea of, you know, life originating on Earth or did it actually originate on Mars – um, that's an interesting idea, that, and it could explain why we're seeing these structures on Mars. And like I said, the, there's nobody living there. These structures aren't current. These are very, very old. A, lo a lot of them are partially damaged, and then surprisingly, some of them look pristine, because uh, you know there's really not that much erosion and, and uh, uh, things like that going on on Mars. You don't have rainstorms and floods and things just you know eroding structures down. Everything there kind of stays there for like it was or when it was originally built, or if it was bombed and attacked by some extraterrestrial mm. or inner conflict on Mars, uh, a lot of these things appear to be uh, bombarded with uh, missiles. Well, uh, very interesting. By the way, I should mention uh, George Haas is also the author of uh, a couple of books. Mm -hmm. One is the Sidonia Codex, and one is the Martian Codex, also the author of many uh, scientific papers. Hey, George, a fascinating conversation. I hope we can continue it as we continue to get more images from Mars, and uh, I hope people check out your website. I hope you'll keep us posted on your work. I will. And thanks for having me on. And if the listeners are interested, this parrot that we're talking about was featured in two science papers that uh, my group published. Uh, what, the first one back in um, 2011 in the Journal of Scientific Exploration. And it was just uh, updated in, because of the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter took this high-resolution image it was confirming the 22 points of anatomical correctness in this bird uh, by the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. And that's featured in the uh, I think it was the last summer's issue of the uh, Journal of Scientific Exploration. So uh, I would, re you know, hope everybody get out there and you can download the paper. You don't have to pay for it. If you go to our website, there's links to the paper, yeah. uh, the publisher. You can get hard copies on Amazon if you want to order them, or you can just read the paper for free. There's um, there's also a terrific photo on the website of the raptor head geoglyph, which uh, looks very much like an eagle crest. And you have the side-by-side -side comparison on the website, which is really helpful. Um, George, thank you very much for the time this morning. Uh, let's talk again soon. Thanks, Frank. Thanks Pre for having me on. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. You want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to do so. It's uh, pretty interesting. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Other side of midnight. midnight.